Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are very happy that you've joined us this morning. We have a very interesting show. We were going to be talking about a program that helps military children. And we've titled this program, Community is a Teammate Effort. We'll be talking with uh, Air Force veteran Timothy Montjoy and former NFL player Marcus Ogden. And both of them have paired to work on a child program, ages five to 18 predominantly, that brings together local sports teams along with military and first responder children while their parents are deployed or while the family is separated. And before we launch into that, I think it's important that Jason and I, welcome Jason, I'm sorry I didn't introduce you. Jason McNamara is here today. Hey, good morning everyone. Good morning. I think we need to talk a little bit about the issues that and the stressors that affect military children and obviously first responder children as well when their parents are away or they're distant or there are concerns. And I think military parents generally accept that they are single parents during separations, but there are and there are programs for parents, but the programs for children tend to be in the very young pre-five-year-old. And after they get older than that, there are very few programs except as part of a retreat or a a camp, once a year type of thing. So Jason, talk to me a little bit about what you have seen in terms of your fellow Marines and what you experienced in terms of parenting and the attention to the children. Because our tagline is, everyone serves. And I believe that to be very, very true. So talk to us a little bit about your experience. Sure, yeah, happy to. You know, I think it really depends on when the families join um, the military, right? And um, having served with a bunch of Marines that um, were deployed at numerous times um, throughout our tours, there are some families that are, are just starting. And so they enter the military, maybe they're single, and then they meet somebody they start to have a family. And um, numerous times I had fellow Marines that um, watched, quote unquote, their their babies being born from afar. And so they weren't even there when their babies were born. And depending on the length of our tour, um, they would be absent for that baby's life for up to a year to maybe even two years, depending on when the baby was born. And so there you had a, a family that was just getting started and one of the parents are completely absent. Um, And then I think the other um, sort of camp that we see are families that have started outside of the military, and one of the family members makes a decision to join the military, and they bring their family with. And so there's this crossover that happens Mm -hmm. from being in a civilian family, if you will, to a military family. And I think there are two different scenarios that have to be handled um, very differently, and I think the programs that we're going to talk about today will touch on those a little bit. Um, but that's right, in, my, in my experience, yeah. Go ahead. 
Perfect. And it's funny, the military has given attention to the younger age groups. There are the Sesame Street programs. We did a show on those a couple of weeks ago. And there are programs for the younger children. But over the age of five, it's very rare to find consistent programs that build and blend with the community, which is very, very interesting about what we're doing today. If you're near a computer today, go to Operation Teammate, two M's, dot org. And you can follow along and see more about this organization that we're going to be talking to today. The really unique thing about this is with pairing military and first responder children with local sports teams, they're made honorary team members. This adds a camaraderie and a, a group that they can belong to, that everyone understands their normal daily living. And it's very, very unusual. So I'm really wanting to get to our guests because they have done a remarkable thing and we are very glad to help spread the word. I'd like to introduce Timothy Montjoy, uh, Air Force veteran and founder of Operation Teammate. And we are very honored to also include Marcus Ogden, former NFL player. He was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, but most importantly to me, the Baltimore Ravens, since I'm from here. And we would like to wish you both uh, welcome to Military Network Radio. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having us. Um, I am wearing purple, just so that you know, Marcus. That's awesome. I I thought so, too. Um, This is very, very fun for us. And I think what we really loved is how this ties in with the everyone serves and together we make a difference. Timothy, you began this program with your daughter and it became a a big part of your life. And the only reason she's not on this show is she's now in college. But can you talk more about the unique stressors military and first responder children have? And what's the genesis of this concept of Operation Teammate? Absolutely. Well, first, let me just say thank you for having me. And uh, this is definitely a conversation on a topic that kind of goes unnoticed. As you uh, initially alluded to, as far as the Sesame Street Avenue, that does kind of focus on the, you know, the toddlers or the younger age group. And when I was um, hitting my about 18 year mark, me and my daughter kind of bounced off some ideas. And and the reason is, is because I knew eventually I was going to have to retire or get out. And I mean, I just wanted to come up with an avenue to stay connected to the military and most importantly, uh, use uh, my background to connect with the kids and keep them involved in things. Um, uh, Today, obviously, we have uh, Mr. Ogden, a tremendous mentor and uh, individual that has guided us uh, from the beginning of our organization and uh, athletics or sports in general uh, is kind of universal. And athletes can use that opportunity from their perspective uh, and, and their background as an athlete when they get done playing or even when they are playing to connect with the children of the military and first responder community. And, and, and it just gives the athlete uh, that more intimate uh, perspective um, from their uh, sporting background and it gets the kids attention. Um, and, and then it, that leads to that more intimate engagement and uh, conversation with the children and that appreciation that the military and first responder kids uh, really deserve from what they grow up. Uh, ex- 
Uh, now, with that being said, uh, not only do we uh, focus on military and first responder children, we are uh, focusing on that wounded warrior um, child as well. Reason being is because uh, there is an extreme separation uh, while their parents are going through any sort of rehab. Uh, so we definitely want to include that demographic as well. Yes, So glad that you mentioned that because our uh, wounded warrior children really grow up very fast. They take on stressors that are in addition to the normal military stressors and have to learn about a lot of things very quickly. I, I'm just curious, um, Marcus, how did you become involved in this, and how do you and Timothy know one? So actually, it's really funny. I, when I met Timothy through LinkedIn, I keep a very professional social media profile. I've now been retired for a few years from the NFL, and I'm a public speaker and a best-selling author. So Timothy reached out to me uh, about coming to have me speak at one of his events where, and I said, hey, look, Tim, I'm actually doing something, a little bit of indoor football. Yeah, I'm living here in Raleigh, which is not too far from, you know, Baltimore. And I said, why don't you guys come down and watch it, <laughs> and come down here and watch a game, <laughs> and, and, uh, and come enjoy it. And then from there, have me, speak to the, have me speak to the kid after the game. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what we did. And, you know, after that, it went really well. And I think he got a lot of great feedback. So he said, hey, Mark, would you mind if we kind of partnered up and did some things together? I said, no, that's great. So, you know, but both my grandfather served, you know, in, you know, in the military and my uncle served in Vietnam. So I understand how the families can be displaced and the kills the children can feel, you know, a little bit a little left out because they, you know, their parents are doing a great service to the country. But they're like, well, they're not here for us. So. When I met him face-to-face, I was like, again, yeah, this is a guy that really understands that and is trying to, you know, be that shining light for the kids. So I was drawn to that. And then from there, we've been friends ever since. So he actually had my first speaking academy, Linda, in um, October in Atlanta. And Tim's one of the sponsors. And um, he's going to be coming down and talking about the opportunity to make a lot of retired NFL athletes, retired major league baseball players trying to grow the brand even more for himself. So I'm excited about that coming up in a couple weeks here. I saw that on LinkedIn as well. And that's it's very important. And I should have mentioned that um, you certainly are retired, but have, through perseverance and hard work, written this amazing book and become a, a motivational speaker. And you're using your elite status, it appears, correct me if I'm wrong, to help open doors in the community, to increase engagement for programs such as this, which is extremely admirable. Does that sum it up? No, that's going to be absolutely correct. You know, I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help the community of people that are in need of good role model athletes to come in and be that for the children. Like Tim, Tim said earlier, Children respond better when an athlete says it than their parents says it. It's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but of course I was a child as well, so same thing. Like you were one of my yeah, I know <laughs> one of my good one of my good friends. His um, first cousin played for the New York Giants uh, with defensive tackle, and he actually played in the Super Bowl against my brother in 2000. And he came and talked to our school about education and football, and I took that to be more. Uh, listening than my dad telling me. Now, of course, my dad mm-hmm. was in my face all the time, so I wasn't going to disobey him, but 
when an athlete says it, it's like, wow, like, you know, this is what they're saying. So using that, you know, background that I have, I've been very positively and, and positively influential in trying to let kids understand that there's also life after the game. So what I'm doing is trying to help them, but also trying to help a lot of former NFL athletes that struggle with transition. So I'm trying to do both sure. sides of the, of the fence. And it's been very, very receptive. And a lot of the guys see what I'm doing. And again, we talked about using social media as a proper tool and not as right. a place to... Marcus, I'm so the, sorry. I have to cut no. you off because we're no, going okay. on break now, but we'll continue right after. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we're talking about community as a teammate effort. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. been rock climbing i recently tried rock climbing for the first time while on vacation in colorado i was a total gumby that slang for a newcomer to the sport as a gumby i was guilty of excessive hang dogging or holding onto the rope instead of grabbing the rocks rappelling also called abseiling is descending down the rock using the ropes as i was climbing up my husband hollered up to me hey there must be a word for this Quick's a tickle, or a foolish, capricious person in the pursuit of ideals came quickly to mind. When I finally got to the top, it started raining, and there I was, literally between a rock and a hard place. What's the word for the fear of high places? Batophobia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has the unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Timothy Montjoy and Marcus Ogden. Marcus, I'm sorry we had to cut you off before the break. I'd love you to finish your response on how elite athletes in all of the sports are becoming more involved and aware of ways to help themselves adjust as well as to help others in the military and first responder communities. I believe that social media plays a huge part in connecting an athlete of any status to the public. When you're able to uh, interact with someone, even though it's behind a computer screen or a phone screen, you know it's that person, you know it's at least their brand or someone in their camp 
you can communicate with, it makes the children aspire to be more and to be greater. And I, I applaud guys like LeBron James. I applaud guys, you know, like, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, guys in the NFL that are doing this that are being positive role models that are trying to take the lead. So in my opinion, like when I talked to Tim's kids, it went very far. And parents appreciate that because parents, especially of a single, you know, of a single parent home with, with the children in the military and, you know, and the a parents gone out serving our country, the parents, especially the mothers, are looking for any, especially they have boys, looking for any mm-hmm. type of positive role model that's a male to help them while their husbands are gone. And if us athletes can step up to the plate and do that consistently, in my opinion, you'll see a much better future with the children that are, are, are ready to go out and actually do something and be somebody because they're going to be ready to, you know, to make an impactful, positive you know, mark on society. Great answer. Jason, you had a question. Yeah, yeah that is. Marcus. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, absolutely, Marcus. So just a couple of questions, I think, around um, measurement of success, right? I think as these programs start to come together, um, mm-hmm. quality assurances and benchmarking and all those kinds of business things that we talk about, that they really play an important part. And so how do those pieces come together and what does that really look like for you all? So it's about for, for me and Tim as a whole with our, how we measure success. Sure, yeah, that, that'd be perfect. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. So to me, this is how I measure success. If I'm able to reach one child out of, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, whatever it is, if I'm able to just reach one to make a positive impact on that child and that family, then to me, that then we are successful. Now, of course, you want to always reach for more, but, you know, in the end of the day, sometimes kids – are going to be harder to reach, especially if they're if they're feeling shut out, they're feeling like their parent is is abandoned because they're going to serve the country. And children can be fragile if, at any age, especially between ages five to eighteen. It's, that's when they're kind of being molded for life. So, in my opinion, success for us is measured in one parent, one child, one family that says, "Hey, Tim Marcus, thank you very much for your time." You know, I now for me, I was lucky when Tim, I think, brought seven or eight families. I had we were seven or, or we were seven of seven or eight of eight of families that were reached that day. So that's mm-hmm. an incredible number. We were 100. percent You know, parents. I mean, parents then started following me on social media, uh, like the Posey families. Uh, Tim, you know, his Tiffany and, his, and her husband who came back from the war now, which is great to see that going on, and that family connected with me and connected with Operation Teammate. So that's how I measure success, Jason, is basically by being able to change or impact at least one family's life in a positive manner so the children know that somebody believes. Because I've always talked to people when I'm talking about children. If children believe that someone else believes in them besides their parents, they are prepared for their being for success. That's all it takes is somebody outside of the household to say, hey, you can do it. Hey, you can be a doctor or a lawyer. That's all it takes is one person to say, you can do it. Brilliant. Sure, then, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Tim, did you have um, input there as far as what success looks like for you? Absolutely. Uh, well, let me first say that uh, we have a lot of good conversation going on here, and it's all time back into the everyone serves because each point that Marcus just brought up uh, alludes to the community being a team effort. Uh, and, and everyone can attest to, especially Tiffany, and from an athletic perspective, Marcus, um, 
that sometimes kids are withdrawn. And when we go to our events and the athlete has that more intimate engagement with our children, uh, it just opens that dialogue with the at-home parent and most especially or most importantly uh, with that deployed parent or sometimes, unfortunately, both parents are deployed and then you have an at-home guardian. But opening that dialogue and bringing a child that could be potentially secluded or, or, or withdrawn for some reason or another, bringing them out of their shell. I mean, if that is definitely a measure of success that we uh, take pride in when we conduct our events and uh, involve our different athletes, such as Marcus. And again, uh, Marcus has been tremendous. You guys are terrific. I love the tag teaming. How? Let's take a step talk about how do the children and the teams interact? How does an event or a meeting or um, a, a get together with children and the teams? What ha- what goes on? So the I'll, how do yes, they ma'am. interact? So, uh, so I'll take this. So basically, what happened is, for example, when Tim brought his kids up to see me at the indoor football game, I mm-hmm. ended up meeting Tim at the stadium. The parents were able to walk onto the field, you know, meet some of the athletes, you know, meet some of the cheerleaders. They were able to go into the locker rooms, try on some football pads, get some pictures, get some autographs. And then after that, I was able to talk to them for about 15, 20 minutes uh, about, you know, life, how I ended up where I am today, what I went through, the struggles I went through. Uh, now, I didn't go into details with them on this because it's a little above their head, but I saw the Chapter 7 bankruptcy when I ended up losing everything on one bad business deal. But to them, I said I made a mistake, and I had basically lost everything. I had to start over. They could understand that very easily. So I expressed to them life's going to have adversity. You're going to have challenges. But this is my saying on adversity. We all have adversity. You're not judged on that. You're judged on how you deal with it. That's what you're judged on. So I talked about that. Then they were able to watch the football game. You know, they got some great seats. They were able to, you know, come on the field at halftime and take pictures after the game when the game was over. And there was a smile on every last kid's face that was in that audience. Their parents were ecstatic, and they went home feeling on top of the world. So that's what happened with me. Now, I know Tim went to a couple basketball games and some volleyball games, but I can speak because I was the one that kind of initiated that whole, you know, uh, atmosphere, and the kids truly enjoyed it. So to me, that was one of the best nights in, uh, the, that for them and for me as well uh, back in March. You know, Marcus, what you say is remarkable because if you believe in someone before they believe in themselves, in this case the child, it has a hugely significant impact on them. And it reminded me of a, a wonderful John Maxwell quote because you're talking about adversity and overcoming it and how you deal with it. And there's an entire book he wrote called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And how many times are we taught, you know, you win Mm. or you lose? No, you can win, but sometimes if, if you're really smart, you will take advantage of that adversity and learn from it. And that's what you were imparting to those children when you told them about the ups and downs of life, which will come. And I don't think it helps our children if we make them special snowflakes all the time. Would you agree? I couldn't agree more. Terrific. Um, So success, we heard, for parents looks like one thing. What does the success of this program look like for athletes and the teams that they work with? the, the, The success for the athletes 
really is, again, in that ability to connect with the kids. Like, as an athlete, it's really your job and your – it's like when you become an athlete, professional athlete, it's kind of like an unwritten rule. You become a role model and you become a superstar, especially to the kids. So mm-hmm. the athlete's success is measured off the smiles of the children because of the energy. Oh, I day, like that. That's how it's judged. I mean, that's how, that, that's how it's measured. If you can see nothing but white teeth and smiles and grins and things like that, that's when you know it's successful. Because at the end of the day, these kids don't have a lot to smile about sometimes. You know, their parents are gone. You know, they're having trouble in school sometimes. They're having trouble adjusting. They're having trouble, you know, with the guardians. If it's not, if if both parents are gone, they're just having trouble. And it's totally normal. And if they didn't have trouble, they wouldn't be human. They wouldn't be human. So you're really measured off the smiles and the the amount you you can see how their cheeks rise up. That's what you're measured off as an athlete. How many children are smiling when they're in your presence? To me, that's how I judge. And when I had all the children smiling, plus the parents, for me, when Tim came up here to the event in March, I knew I had done my job. Excellent. Excellent. Tim, you are now in predominantly in the Southeast and expanding across the United States. How do you interact with local teams? How do you... Um, create the awareness. I know you and Marcus do it personally, and you're going to have the speaking engagement, Marcus, where you will talk further. But Tim, as you go forward, how would you like this to expand in an ideal world, and how would people get in touch with you to do so? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, primarily right now, we are uh, focusing on the Southeast area. We've done events in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia, but we have had parents and families come from Pennsylvania, Virginia, uh, as well as Alabama. And as we move forward, we're uh, creating a, a liaison type of uh, environment so we can form chapters in different regions and different states. So as we grow and expand our footprint, we can have those different chapters and points of contact uh, outside of the Southeast. So once we get bigger and, like I said, can create that uh, awareness, then we'll be able to make a bigger impact outside of just the Southeast. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. And they should just go to operationteammate.org to find out how to participate as a team. Okay. Yes, ma'am. That's good Uh, to know because I I think that, you know, you want to grow this and the teams are all looking for things that are meaningful and significant. And I think that there is more attention paid these days to the military children. Uh, We have a break coming shortly in in little less than a minute. Uh, As you approach um, new families to participate. Do you ever feel that you just don't have the right words to say, or does it always come together easily? No, uh, it, it definitely comes together very easily and smoothly. Um, the reason being is because there is no uh, opportunity out there right now that primarily focuses on the military and first responder to include wounded, war- wounded warrior children. Um, and, and the dialogue just opens up very smoothly, and they love what we're doing. And, I mean, it, it just runs very smooth. Absolutely. Perfect. That's terrific. We will bring on Tiffany Posey, parent participant, right after the break. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. 
recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox. It's marching. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Many of us look forward to the holidays all year long. It is such a magnificent opportunity to get together with family and friends and decorate and give gifts and eat the most delicious food. But numerous people dread the holidays. As far as their weight, health, and exercise are concerned, they know they'll have so much temptation and chances to derail their healthy lifestyle. Many just resolve themselves into thinking that gaining weight over the holidays is a fact and there is no way to avoid it. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to embrace the holidays. Have a plan before you go to any dinner, party, or event and decide what you're going to eat and stick with it. Yes, there will be temptation, but you can overcome it. Stay with the plan and reap the benefits. You can contact us at fitnessminute at annettehammond.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are talking today about a unique program that pairs local sports teams with military and first responder children. And we are very pleased today to welcome Tiffany Posey to the program. She's the proud Army wife of uh, Staff Sergeant Terry Posey. She has three children, two boys and one girl. They're down at Fort Bragg and huge fans of the Carolina Panthers. Marcus had to step away but we'll be back anytime we need him if you have questions. And we are delighted to welcome you, Tiffany, to the program. I am happy to be here. Thank you. You know, we were very pleased to be able to have a parent on the program as well, because I think that the overall premise of Operation Teammate is very important and very easily understood. As a parent, can you share what your perspective is on attending these sporting events and for the children to be honorary members of a local team? What does that mean to them? Um, yeah, I think it means an awful lot to them. I know that um, during times of separation, uh, so much emotion and so much anxiety goes on, especially for our children. And just having something to look forward to means a great deal to them, something that they can go and enjoy and then having that opportunity to get home and telling their dad all about it. And just, and I know with my family, they absolutely love sports. So these, these opportunities that they've been given have been amazing for them. Um, my little, my youngest, he's six now and he still talks about them. So That's fantastic. Do you think that this helps children to be children and not always shoulder the responsibility that causes them sometimes to take on responsibilities earlier than would be expected? 
Oh, absolutely. I think it does. It gives them a chance to have a moment and have something that's just for them, you know, and the experiences that my children has had with through Operation Teammate so far, they have really, really enjoyed it. They love getting to do things that they, you know, on a normal basis wouldn't get to do, like going inside the locker rooms at an arena football game and meeting with a former NFL superstar. You know, these are types of things that don't happen just every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that celebrity factor. As Marcus had already said very eloquently, when you are in these very large elite programs, um, you are regarded very differently. And it, it always helps to have someone in an authority position and a very proud, right up on a pedestal position, talking to children because they'll listen better. Find that it gave short-term effects when you told them that this was going to happen. And then, as you mentioned earlier, the events stick with them, but do the meeting also have a long-term impact? Oh, yes, ma'am. I believe they, they definitely do. Um, you know, just, just getting to say that they've met these people or to, to say that they've had these experiences, you know, and that's, that's something that I know a lot of times a military child can feel set apart as it is. Um, mm-hmm. Especially we live outside of Fort Bragg and it, there's a very strong military presence here, but they go to school with a lot of kids who are not military. And um, so, you know, they, they, they can feel different sometimes when everyone around them has known each other since kindergarten and they're the new student, you know. Um, I know that that can feel very, very different. And uh, having these experiences and having something that they can say that they got to do, I think that means a lot to them. And, I would um, agree with you. I, th- I think that it would be very, very exciting. As a parent, I imagine that the anticipation of these events also helps at home. Oh, yes, ma'am. It, it definitely does. They uh, they get excited and look forward to it. Um, we also got to go to a Charlotte Hornets game. And my kids, of course, were big Panther fans. So, of course, anything Charlotte is just amazing to <laughs> all of them, too. And my my whole family became a Hornets fan that day. Um, that was such a fun experience too. And that's fantastic. I I have a question. Um, and this is for both Timothy and for Tiffany. Um, when the children meet under these circumstances with operation teammate, how do you work to keep them connected with that community, um, between events? Uh, Do the children stay friends? Uh, throughout or are they from such different areas that that's not possible how does that usually work Timothy maybe you'll take that one. Oh, absolutely yes ma'am well that definitely uh, brings up a good point because inclusion and having these uh, children experience an event in an environment with other kids that have like challenges or have experienced uh, similar situations growing up as a military first responder child uh, really pays big dividends um, because sometimes, just like Tiffany uh, alluded to a little bit, uh, when they go to uh, schools that are not on a uh, military base, they primarily go to school with kids that are not military or first responders because that military first responder community is pretty exclusive. I mean, it's a small um, segment of you know American society. Mm-hmm. 
but them being able to experience an event uh, that is unique to them and then take that experience back and be able to have that dialogue, not just with their parents, but with the new kids that they just met at an event. Uh, I mean, it just the, the, the opportunities that it brings them out of their shell and just opens up that communication style and uh, gives them a wider or broader perspective about uh, what other kids within the military and first responder communities experience, and they understand that they are not alone. Absolutely. That's a very, very important message. Um, I, I also wonder, though, do they stay friends uh, in between events, or is this really uh, you get a group of children together for one event, um, and then they go in different directions depending on their preferences? How does it work? Right. Well, that's a, a terrific question. Uh, and, and it is kind of dependent on where the event is. Um, mm -hmm. But just for an example, we did an event with the uh, Columbia Fireflies, the minor league baseball team here in Columbia, South Carolina. And believe it or not, we had some families attend this event uh, that both were here uh, at my base and they did not know each other. So that led to that newfound friendship. And I mean, like I said, and like you alluded to, it just opens up that dialogue and uh, gives them a broader perspective and, and an understanding that, believe it or not, right across base, there's other kids that go through my same challenges. And it just gives them someone else to kind of lean on and experience this, you know, a particular event with. And then hopefully that leads to, uh, you know, a better dialogue or, uh, you know, larger communication within the community. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So, and just for our listeners, I'm not sure we mentioned that you're at Fort Shaw in Sumter. And Shaw Air Force Base. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, Shaw Air Force Base. Sorry about that. Um, mixing my branches. But <laughs> the, it helps to bridge the divide also for civilian families who then understand more of what military families go through, which I imagine is part of the engagement that Tiffany, you as a parent, not living on base, but in the military community, does this program also help you as a parent gain greater understanding from other parents of what spouse goes through? Um, yes, ma'am, I believe so. Um, I know we, we have not always been a military family, um, just in the past eight years. So living as a family together, you know, outside the military and then jumping into this world, um, you know, you learn a lot and and there's so many families that go through so, so much similar things that we do and then different as well. And I feel like it's always a great learning opportunity um, for myself and for my children and to watch them grow in an environment that we're not exactly um, accustomed to as well as other families might be because, you know, my children know life outside the military as well as mm -hmm. you know starting to learn this life and even though it's been a majority for um some of my, my two youngest it's still you know a challenge it's still something to to really learn and grow from it seems though that it does raise the visibility of community support and i think as this program grows you will see that spread across the nation let's go to uh, the the rewarding behaviors that children will have marcus was talking about how important it is for someone to believe in children to talk to them to believe that they're important to have a conversation with them separately how much time would you say that the athletes get to spend or the teams or the events with the kids and how much time does it take to actually make that impact? I imagine it's pretty short. 
Yes, Absolutely. Uh, Both no, of you, go, go ahead. ahead. Tiffany, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know um, on the day that we went and saw Marcus and, and his team up there in Raleigh, um, you know, even though it was a cold day and, you know, it's, a, it's an indoor but slash outdoor kind of arena, so it was really mm-hmm. cold. My kids just seemed to love every aspect. Just getting to walk on the field was so cool, let alone being, you know, next to Marcus and getting to meet all the athletes in the the locker room. It didn't really take much time at all for them to make an impact in all these children's lives, just to take that time, I think. Oh, I agree. I'm just picturing kids who've really seen these uh, major league football games and even the minor league groups um, on television. And then, boom, here they get to actually be there, which would be just such a a wonderful experience and very positive. Tim, um, in terms of the positive changes in a children's self-confidence, we're coming up on a break, but let's start with that. What are some of the changes you see in a child's confidence? Absolutely. And it boils down to exactly that, uh, confidence. Um, While kids were growing up as a military first responder child, uh, they move on average about seven times in a parent's career. Mm -hmm. And it's a challenge. It's tough for them to form those relationships with the neighborhood kids. And when they go and they meet these athletes and hear their stories and their challenges and things they went through to get to where they are, it just gives them a broader perspective about the challenges that they go through and that they can work through those things. So again, just like you mentioned, Confidence is a big thing when it is, as far as a, a child growing up in any community, especially within the military first responder community, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes being forced to kind of relocate themselves and create those new relationships. Tim, we can't hear you. I think that we have lost Tim momentarily, nothing like technical difficulties. I am very pleased to tell you um, we have further conversations with Tiffany and with Tim in just a short while. We'll be going on a very short break, and then we will continue our discussion about military and first responder in sports teams and elite athletes to make a wonderful community of people who bridge the gap and take up the slack where it's needed. We'll be right back after these messages. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome to Toginet, cutting-edge radio. ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel soup. It's I'm 
Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We now have Tim back, and we're back with a full contingent. Jason, I believe that you had a question um, concerning the positive changes that Tim was talking about before um, he was cut off. Yes, that's right. So just wanted to, to walk through a little bit, if you could share with us sort of the changes that you all are experiencing as you sort of walk through this journey. Absolutely. Um, and as Linda uh, touched on briefly before the break, is that self-confidence. Uh, when these children, uh, unfortunately, have to move on average of about seven times within a 20-year career within the military, and uh, I imagine within the first responder community uh, periodically as well, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge um, you know, within their lifestyle to form those new relationships within the community. And when they are able to have that intimate engagement with an uh, athlete uh, within Operation Teammates case, uh, it just gives them a broader perspective to understand that there are other people out there to go through uh, challenges and then that these athletes are taking the time to uh, show appreciation to what they go through as they grow up as a military or first responder child. And it, it, they're able to take that confidence back to their um, their their community or their relationships with the kids at their schools. Uh, and, and it just pays big dividends for when they communicate. Uh, as Tiffany touched on just briefly uh, before, that uh, primarily the kids that uh, our military and first responder children go to school with, especially within the community, they are not, they do not have a military or first responder background because military and first responder families are just a small segment within, you know, our society. Uh, but that self-confidence is a huge measure of success from an operation teammate perspective. And then being able to have those testimonials from the parents letting us know that, um, you know, uh, Johnny went out and ran for class vice president and he aspires to run for president next year. Um, you know, things like that are just a testimonial um, measure of success. Absolutely. You know, Tiffany, as you're in contact with your husband, uh, during a deployment, um, it, it seems to me that if you're telling uh, or that your child is on Skype talking to mom or dad and says that they have gone to the uh, Charlotte Hornets game or to um, an amazing event, I imagine that the parent who is away is also involved because this also brings them right into the immediacy of what their child is going through. Did that help you as a parent? Oh, yes, ma'am. I think that it helped tremendously. I know um, we actually moved to Fort Bragg and upon moving here, found out that my husband was deploying. So everything was pretty rapid. So my kids were in a new place and everything was so different. And I think that, um, you know, them just having different things to talk about even with their with their dad while he was gone, something that they've enjoyed, something that they can share with him. And I think that that does help him feel more included as well, as included as I guess he can feel um, <laughs> being so many miles away. But I, I definitely think that it does help bridge, you know, some gaps there. 
You know, families have goals during deployments. Um, it's a good way to set milestones and complete them and make the time pass. How do you feel like this program keeps your family's goals in mind? First, Tiffany, and then I'd love to hear from Tim on that. Yes, I think that um, it's definitely it's definitely helpful having these different outlets and programs and, and things that are unique and uniquely for them. I think that it it does give them, like he was talking about, a sense of confidence and and you know something to look forward to when there's so many things that happens during a separation. Um, I think that having stuff like this really does help help your family grow, you know, and um, helps give them more awareness. And they, they get to meet other children that are going through the same thing, you know, and I know that that's a big deal, having someone to relate to. Makes sense. Tim? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And and I can attest from a firsthand perspective, uh, you know, being a single parent from when I returned in 2003 from Korea uh, and then had to go on multiple deployments since then and up until my retirement. Um, but keeping that open line of communication and setting goals between a father and daughter, in my case, and, uh, you know, seeing her grow and set personal goals and achieve those goals while I'm deployed and then come back and have that open dialogue and see her success. Again, that leads into our measure of success from an operation teammate perspective, um, because show or kids and operation teammates perspective if they get to experience a sporting event and have that intimate engagement with an athlete if it helps build on those goals from a family perspective uh, that is a huge measure of success and we have met our mission if that is the case which in 95 percent of the time it is makes sense jason you had a question or not. We're having some technical difficulties today. Uh -huh. I will take his question. Unless, Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I'm having some problems here. I don't know what's going on, but my apologies. No so, problem. I, you know, I had a question about, um, well, a couple of things. One, I wanted to sort of talk through, have you noticed like cross-pollination with kids that you're, you're working with, with respect to maybe those that aren't in the first responder or military community. So imagining, I think to your point earlier, you spoke about, you know, these kids are sometimes interacting with kids that aren't connected to the military. And so this gives them self-esteem and it gives them confidence. And then they start to plug into their classmates. Have you seen sort of the opposite of that where non-military families sort of come in and, um, or military children, non-military children, excuse me, come in and there's this sort of, um, learning experience that occurs between between those groups? I don't know if I'm communicating that right. No, I totally understand what you're saying. And, and from a military or first responder perspective, uh, when a child has that self-confidence to open up to children that might not be within that military or first responder community, and it just opens that dialogue. And I mean, you would be amazed to hear these children talk amongst themselves about the experiences and the children that are not of a military first responder family are just in awe and can't get enough of the experiences that these kids get to experience, you know, you know, hearing about their parents uh, deployment or, um, you know, uh, 
a military, excuse me, a first responder family or a parent coming home and saying that they get to experience this or this type of training, it definitely opens up that dialogue and again leads to that self-confidence within a, a child's environment at school. Absolutely, it opens up that dialogue. You know, I'm, I'm just curious, do the military children and the first responder families, the children in both, do they see camaraderie between the two of them that they are actually going through much of the same things and do they become friends so does that increase the circle of children that they can become close to who would understand their circumstances absolutely good point i mean the, the circle of trust you might call it um it, it definitely creates that environment between the military and first responder children um because like i briefly touched on earlier our military and first responder uh environment or communities is just a small segment of American society. And when a military child uh, of someone that wears a uniform meets a child of someone else that wears a uniform, such as a first responder, you know, a policeman, a fireman, uh, any sort of EMS uh, personnel, then then they have that connection. Um, and again, I mean, it just all goes back to opening up that dialogue and building that self-confidence to be able to communicate amongst, uh, you know, cross um, groups. And, and I mean, it's just tremendous. I mean, the testimonials that we've had from the parents that have attended events and just the interest that we've had from non-military and first responder families at events has been tremendous. Absolutely. And does the same thing happen for you, Tiffany, that you're with first responder spouses? And it opens up possibly other people for support that you may not have known existed across town or, or right next door. Oh, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, getting that perspective and realizing that you do sort of go through the same similar type things, being a first responder family and a military family, um, they're kind of the same wheelhouse, even though things can be different at times. Um I think that that's um, it's a great thing. It's a great to have to have that and to have someone else who who does sort of understand what you're going through and to know that they are just right there. Yeah, I would think it would really increase the number of people in that circle of trust, as you put it, Tim, because I think that is one of the things that is common to both groups that serve is that they, they really do need to trust very carefully because the others don't really understand. And this seems to be a marvelous way to bring everyone together, including the Wounded Warrior families who have uh, unique challenges of their own as well. You know, we have just a few minutes left. How do our listeners find out two things? One, how to participate as a family. And two, if you're a local sports team or associated with local sports teams anywhere in the nation, how do they um, reach out to you and what are the keywords to use if contacting you? Absolutely. Well, the most direct route would be to visit operationteammate.org. Uh, as soon as you visit the page, there's a couple of different avenues for uh, families as well as teams to get in contact with us. Uh, also on Facebook, it's under Operation Teammate is our page and um, we're heavily involved with the community and uh, we will respond uh, as quickly as possible. And we would love to hear from any teams as well as all military and first responder families uh, to include that wounded warrior community 
to show that support as well. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Um, Tiffany, in just a few words, what would you say is the most important thing that your family has taken away from this program? Um, I would say just being able to get out into the community and, and get involved. And even though this was something that was more geared towards helping my family and helping my children, I think that my children also got a sense of, of um, community and what they can do and how they can impact when they go out into, into the world. And I think that it has been really great experiences for them. You bring up a very good point, and I think oftentimes um, military f children may feel shadowed, you know, sort of hidden, but it raises pride, it raises visibility, and it raises the community engagement. Tim, we have just about a minute and a half left. I'd love it if you would take and talk about anything else that we may have missed during our program that is important for our listeners to know. No, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, uh, again, I want to say our uh, huge appreciation from an operation teammate and a personal perspective uh, for you um, communicating with us and giving us this platform to kind of uh, get our mission out there. Uh, thank you to Tiffany for taking her time to give a parental perspective as well as Marcus coming on and uh, giving his uh, Given us his testimony from a, a you know professional athlete and motivational speaker perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we would love to hear from uh, as many families as possible. Um, and we're expanding not just within the southeastern states, um, but up toward Maryland and uh, Pennsylvania in that uh, direction. Uh, so if we have families out there that are, are in the military and first responder community and would love to join our team and act as a liaison, we would love to be able to hear from you. That's a good point. Thank you so much for being on our program today. We're very glad to be able to showcase such an important, significant effort. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be back next week, 10 to 11. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 